just you get to choose. Like here's here's the scenario: the the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic. The world's ending. So we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see choose to see it as an opportunity. So clearly, that it's my responsibility now to do that for other people. If I have information, and you know, other people's success is my success, and vice versa. Because you know what, like the challenges or the roadblocks are the journey themselves. There's no big things. It's all little things compounding on top of each other. When Jeff Krukin was a child, he would lay on the grass in the backyard at night and gaze at the moon, so wanting to be there. Space exploration, settlement, and development are in his DNA. This is the fire in his soul, the passion in his heart, and the impetus for a wide-ranging professional journey that started with being an IBM systems engineer at Johnson Space Center during the space shuttle era. Other roles, past and present, include chairman of Pro Space a key player in the 2004 passage of the Commercial Space Launch Amendments Act in Congress, executive director of the Space Frontier Foundation, and co-manager of the New Space Business Plan Competition at the Center for Space Commerce and Finance, and more. It's all about moving humanity into our solar system. Today, that fire and passion energized Jeff's work at Earth Space Commerce Advisors, LLC, and clients like Orbital Transports Incorporated, the Foundation for the Future, and others. It is here that he applies his bilingual skills, speaking business and technology with an emphasis on new space, aerospace, and defense to bring new business to his clients. What's the difference between your average business entrepreneur and a space entrepreneur? What might Jeff share for anyone who is looking to find the same passion he found as a young boy? And of course, I had to ask, what does Jeff know about extraterrestrial intelligence and UFOs? All this and plenty more as we go to the moon and beyond with Jeff Kukin. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of True Seekers. We have Jeff Kruken joining us today. Jeff, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, super excited to, to jump in and uh, I'm sure we'll reveal why in due time. But if you could just introduce yourself and uh, maybe a little bit of background about you. Sure. Uh, and thank you. Uh, so, well, basically, I started out being fascinated by the moon when I was a child. And now that's a strange way to start a career. And I didn't realize that that's what was happening at the time because I worked in IT for 25 years. But I did that as a way to work at Johnson Space Center back during the space shuttle program. And from that point in time until now, I have meandered through a very twisting and turning career that slowly but surely has led to what I'm doing now, which is just consulting for space entrepreneurs primarily, but other companies as well. We've had a lot of roles in between. Uh, I was executive director of the Space Frontier Foundation at one point. Uh, currently, I have my own little boutique consulting firm called Earth Space Commerce Advisors that I co-founded in 2019 and uh, have a colleague that works with me on occasion. And I'm also vice president of business growth. Uh, I should say fractional vice president of business growth for Orbital Transports Incorporated, which has been a client now for going on uh, three years. And then uh, doing other projects, both small and large, uh, for other companies. Wow. Where do I even begin? First of all, what, what's a space entrepreneur? Uh, I like to refer to space entrepreneurs as terminators uh, with a slight difference. 
they will not stop until they die. Um, so I think that there's another layer that makes up the soul, the psyche of a space entrepreneur that isn't there for an entrepreneur in other industries. And I'm, that is not a criticism of other entrepreneurs at all. What I mean is there's a passion, there's a drive, there's a calling. Like myself and I still, sometimes at night if I'm out, I stop and there's a full moon and I'm just compelled to stop, gaze at the moon for a short period of time while you know traffic's whizzing all around me and everything. So there is there is that I think that marks a distinction in space entrepreneurs. It's a it's a they're compelled to do something to help move humanity out into the solar system. And that can take many different forms in terms of different types of business. So I think that is a really clear distinction, if, if, if that answers your question. It does, but it leads to so many more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll do a part two of this. <laughs> well, I just, I, I think it's so cool. It just speaks to a, a whole bunch of principles that Coach Nick and I espouse so many times on this episode or on, on this podcast about pausing and, and taking a look around, being present with your with your surroundings, but there's so much more to it. It's like the, just being awestruck with the with the universe and, and where we find ourselves. And I think we don't even have to have a conversation about space to do that, but space is just like a whole nother dimension about that. So I'm curious to get Coach Nick's thoughts on that because there's, there is like just the normalcy of, well, the normalcy of extraordinary and then just more layers on top of that. Absolutely. And I have to ask, Jeff, if you wouldn't mind sharing in, in your, your exploring, if you will, and you said it's about having a space entrepreneur being uh, pushing humanity to, to, the, to the solar system. What would you say is the thing that you're proud of the most or your biggest contribution to doing that? I would say that my three years as executive director of the Space Frontier Foundation, and I say that for a couple of reasons. Um, on a personal level, uh, it was very rewarding because I had never done anything like that before. I had been a member of that organization for many, many years. I had, as a volunteer, I'd run conferences, did a lot of other projects and such. So everyone in the leadership of the organization knew who I was and they, they, they knew the things that I would, had done and what I was capable of doing. When I set out to create this new con consulting career, uh, in 2004 at some point, uh, I ended up toward the end of that year, and I wasn't looking for this, getting a call from the chairman of the Space Frontier Foundation, uh, Bob Werb at that time, he was one of the three founders, telling me that they had raised sufficient funds to hire a full-time executive director and they wanted me to do that. So I, my first reaction was, wow. My second reaction was, okay, I've never done anything like this, you know, give me a day to think about this. I very quickly realized I need to do this. I need to do this because I'll learn things that I've never learned before. I'll have an opportunity to have an impact on an organization that I care deeply about. And uh, it was basically the universe coming to me and saying, this is a place that needs you. And I thought, what better way to start a consulting career <clears throat> than go where I'm needed is being asked to do something. And when I really got in touch with that, it was very easy to say yes. So that, that's 
why uh, that's my answer to your question, Nick, on a personal level. On a professional level, I am extremely proud of what I accomplished in that role in three years, leading a team of volunteers as well as a, a, a couple of employees on and off during that period, and taking what was essentially a grassroots organization that was amazing for being a grassroots organization. But the founders wanted to take it to a, a more professional level and have it perceived within the industry as a professional organization that was professionally managed. And I feel like I really accomplished that. Uh, there's a lot of attaboys, recommendations in my LinkedIn profile from way back then after I finished that three years, uh, you know, which just reinforces for me that, okay, I really think I can feel good about what I accomplished and with the people that I worked with. So that's that's uh, my answer to the question, two different levels, or two different ways. I appreciate that so much. So part of what I heard you say, Jeff, was, you know, I'll, I'll learn new things in this, in this uh, environment, like deciding whether or not to take this role, right? I'll learn new things and I'll make an impact. And I think, you know, part of what we, we talk about is, is playing like a kid and always being curious and I mean, it's, it's like a hack to do that in the space environment because there's so much to know, right? It's always every day, every second is like, oh, isn't that cool? Oh, look at that. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> but, but meanwhile, like having a mission and, and trying to make an impact as well. I'm just wondering, you know, what, what are some of the things you have to be aware of on that journey along the way to make sure that you're still being productive or still being focused on, on the goal, what you're trying to achieve? And then also, if I can add to that, like, what are some of those goals? Is it is it something people have ever done before? Are you doing like new things all the time, or well, yeah, what does that look like? So the so to the first question that you asked, what do you need to be aware of? What do you need to pay attention to? Right before, maybe six months or so before Bob called me, I had completed a, an experiential leadership training course over a six month period, which is what brought me to Capitol Hill, North Carolina, where I live now, and ended up staying. Um, and going through that process was a significant impact on my really getting in touch with what am I here to do? I mean, it took me to a whole nother level beyond that being a kid lying in the backyard at night, gazing at the moon just because I needed to and didn't know why. And that, that was a key step in helping me understand that go where I needed comment I made because one of the books I read in that program called Synchronicity. I forget the full title. And that was my first time reading about the concept of if you're really clear who you are and what you want to do and what your role is in this life and you move through your life really clear on that, then the universe will bring people to you, events to you, whatever that, whatever that will help you along your journey. And when I got that phone call from Bob, it was like, wow, that this is a perfect example of that. So I think there's a there's a, a be aware on things that come to you like that that you're not looking for because you don't know to look for them. And I would say that's maybe more, you know, an, an, an emotional or a spirit, no, more of a spiritual kind of connection with the world, with the universe. But then there's the very rational part of, so I say be aware, that's more of a passive activity. But I think there's also the, the more rational pay attention, actively focus, actively thinking about 
what can you specifically do? What decisions can you make that will forward you along? Now that you have a clear sense of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish and why you're here. And so there's that, that active decision-making process as well that I think any entrepreneur will tell you every day, and whether it's a space entrepreneur or any other, every day you're actively needing to think about, okay, what, what, I have a billion decisions I need to make today. I can't do that. What are the top five things I need to think about from the moment I wake up, you know, and have my first of 12 espresso shots for the day. Uh, <laughs> so there's that really active thoughtfulness that I think is really important as well. I believe uh, Coach Nick and I are always interested in, in book recommendations and, and reading. And uh, we always test each other. I think, is that Carl Jung? I'm pretty sure I have that book. Um, I mean, there may be more than one book. The one I'm yeah. referring to is written by Joseph Jaworski. Okay. You got that book, Coach? I do not. I do not. <laughs> Feverishly taking notes as we speak. Okay. Now, you asked a second question. And oh, of yeah. Course I, I've forgotten what that was because I got so I'm wrapped just, up in the first one. Yeah, just about the types of goals or things that you're set out to accomplish with these with these missions. Well, I mean, so the broader goal is I want to play a role in moving humanity into the solar system, right? I know I'm not going to do it all myself. <laughs> um, and, and boy, that reminds me of a story from back when I was working at IBM at Johnson Space Center. We can come back to that if you want. So I absolutely understand. I came into this as an outsider. I'm not an aerospace engineer. I'm not a mechanical engineer. I, I did not... Uh, both either my, my bachelor's or master's degree were not all about what do I need to study to work in the space industry, right? Uh, this was not a planned path from high school or college. So, uh, you know, I realize that I need to continuously be learning, not only to be effective for my clients, but just my own pleasure of learning because I'm so fascinated by technology in general. And then specifically the technology in this industry that's got to do with whether it's satellites or launch vehicles and how they are used. So I enjoy that learning process. And so I'm very, very thoughtful of, okay, how do I do that? A part of it is just a natural part of my job, the people I talk with, uh, the companies I engage with and so forth. But I'm really thoughtful about, okay, what webinars and conferences, right? I mean, I can't go to all of them, even though they're all online, still can't do them all. So I really think carefully about how to invest the limited time that I have so I can keep learning. So. Love it. So uh, if, if the main goal or one of the main goals is to put humanity into the solar system, how, how are we doing? Are we, are we doing all right? Are we on track? How are we doing? <laughs> uh, you know, that's very, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody ask someone else in the business that question. How are we doing? How are we doing? Um, I'd say pretty pathetically. Um, and here's what I mean by that. You know, it was only, if I, if I remember correctly, it was only 66 years between the first flight of the Wright brothers and the first lunar landing. I mean, think about that. That is a phenomenal accomplishment. In my opinion, landing on the moon is the the most important thing that humanity has ever accomplished mm. in, in many ways. And I realize a lot of people would disagree with that. So why did I answer pathetic? Because it has taken 
so damn long to get from that point to where we are today. And the rapid change that's happened in the last 10 years, and even more in the five years or so from the commercial side of what we are now doing in space and will be doing in space. And the fact that you have entities like NASA and various defense department agencies and, and so forth that back when I was doing lobbying on Capitol Hill in the 90s for support for this and the giggle factor was tremendous, but no, no one could do this except the government. That was the attitude, right? And now look what's going on. But overall, I think what we've accomplished since landing on the moon, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Hmm. I'm, I'm just not satisfied. <laughs> It's been another 60 years, right? Since then, Six, 69, was it? I mean, it was 69 was the first yeah. landing. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, you, you see the poster, 2001 Space Odyssey. I mean, you ask pretty much any anybody in this industry uh, that started in it, and it was movies like that and the original Star Trek series and other science fiction films that we just absorbed as children we're like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. And, and you know, other other entrepreneurs, not myself, but others, like, I'm gonna go to school, I'm gonna be an engineer, I'm gonna start a company, I, I'm gonna make that happen. Or it was, okay, I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm not an engineer, but I can't wait for that to happen. Right. Mm. Another thing I cannot fathom, which also is part of my pathetic answer though, it's pathetic, is because I, I just can't believe this. And I'm sure there are reasons that I'm not tuned to. But um, it was 2004, or I forget, 2004, 2005, when the Ansari the, uh, the, uh, X Prize, you know, for uh, the first suborbital test flight was launched. I think it was 2004, or maybe five or six. I, I just can't remember. The point is, it was a while ago, right? And that led to, you know, Richard Branson's enthusiasm for creating Virgin Galactic. Uh, and companies like Xcore, Armadillo Aerospace, and others that are now defunct. Uh, I would never have imagined that here we are all these years later, and only in the last few months did Virgin Galactic finally make its first flight, right? There have been various setbacks, so on and so forth. So that's another reason I gave the answer pathetic. It's just taken too damn long, and I'm impatient. <laughs> I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, 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 passion, that passion isn't, isn't dying, is it, Jeff? <laughs> it keeps on. It's, it's a funny thing. It, it tends to keep on growing. You know, it's amazing just hearing the things you, you say and the context that you drive. It's not something I think about very often, so it's cool to kind of draw some of that contrast. But if, if I may, I'd like to bring it back to that, the starting point, if you will, around the drive of being a space entrepreneur and knowing that that's something that you always wanted to do and, Having you said it talked about a clear role, which creates the focus, and we know that wherever the focus wherever we focus on is what we get. And you see those things, and those things appear like you you've got a drive to do something, and and you're going towards it. Suddenly, all these different opportunities open up. And so, I'd like to just think about this in a couple of ways. I'd love to get your thoughts, if if, if we may. That first of all, for you, do you do you ever remember a point when it wasn't about that? That meaning when you scattered. And then for, for others that perhaps don't have the thing that come, comes and hits them in the face as the thing to drive towards, what might you offer them as a, a suggestion to, quote, unquote, find it? So to answer your first question, and just and also correct a little bit 
the statement you used to lead into this. This wasn't something I always set out to do or, or something to the effect that you said something like that because I didn't understand uh, what was going on when I was a child, like I described. And I also knew very quickly, you know, by the time I was done with high school, mathematics is not my forte, right? <laughs> so I, I knew I wasn't going to be an astronaut, wasn't going to be an engineer. That's just not, my brain wasn't wired, isn't wired that way. Uh, being trained as an IBM systems engineer did a lot of rewiring of my brain, which I'm grateful for, uh, on the more data-oriented, logical side. Um, so there was something inside me driving me that I was completely unaware of, right? Um, and at some point that converged with 2004 and I started thinking about, you know, there's this emerging entrepreneurial space industry. I've known about it for since the late 1980s. I've been involved with it tangentially, but I felt like 2004, 2005, it had reached a point where this is really going to happen. Uh, hadn't reached the point that I thought it had. But I thought, okay, that that's the first time in my life. That's the point where I changed course and decided for several reasons. It's time to put my IT career aside and take this passion that I have and create a new career out of that because I see things happening. And I think now's the time, now being 2004. And I had no clue whatsoever how I was going to do that or how difficult and challenging and anxiety producing and frustrating that journey was going to be. Uh, so that, that was one of the pivot points. Uh, there were basically four that I've identified in my life that brought me to where I am. And that was one of them. To your second question, Nick, uh, for, uh, let me ask you, were you asking for those who don't have it, don't get it? You mean just entrepreneurs in general, or right? Just entrepreneurs, not just space entrepreneurs. Uh, although yes. my answer would be the same. I guess my answer yeah. would be the same. That's an interesting question because I think one potential answer is if, if you don't have something in here, forget about it. And why do I say that? One of the things that when, when I'm coaching entrepreneurs, I say to them, and then I ask a little bit of both. When your business plan isn't doing what you need it to do, when your sales plan isn't working, when your marketing plan isn't working, when your financials have you scared that you're going to have to shut down your company in a couple of months, the only thing that's going to keep you going is what you're feeling in here that's driving you forward, that how you get into this, whatever it is, as an entrepreneur in the first place. When all the stuff in your head is not working, if you don't have this, it's really hard to continue. So I say that as a preface to answer your question in a different way. Okay, if, if you don't have that, like I'm saying, you, you really need to seriously think about being an entrepreneur right for you. Because what's going to keep you going when you run into those walls? And you will. Um, now, if you don't have that, but you want to have it, how do you get it? I think you need to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs. Get a sense of who they are as people, why they're doing what they're doing to help you understand, okay, if, if you don't have it naturally, 
are you the kind of person that can create that for yourself? And, and, and if so, are you willing to do whatever you feel it takes to create that for yourself? And that leads me to an interesting question. I don't know the answer. If an entrepreneur does that, does it feel the same as if they had it naturally? You know, there's another philosophical conversation. I don't know, but but that's those are the two ways I would answer that question. And I'm sorry if you were looking for something a little more <laughs> a little more straightforward. Well, I'm looking for what's honest and what you feel. So thank you very much. And you started to get you started talking about the here's a philosophical way to think about it or is a philosophical question. It's like now you're in my world. <laughs> Part of the reason why I asked you that, Jeff, is because I personally experienced doing something which I didn't have any passion for. So trying to find something that I did. And and the thing that held me back was to find the thing that I was supposed to do. Rather than, and this was the change for me, was to go create the thing I wanted to do. Not just stumble across something. So I, I love the way that you put it, though, because you're in a, in a place where you're already doing something and you've even got passion for it. But that's where I was. And I was like, I want to get out. But where do I go? I, don't know, I thought I wasn't a person that had anything. I think that's what you're saying, right? It's like, you, first things first, you should realize that if you're not in a good, if you don't really believe it and you're not willing to start late or get up early and just get it in there to get you through no matter what, then don't do it. <laughs> and, right. And, and, and you had the advantage of, I may not have felt like an advantage at the time you were living through it, but you had the advantage of doing something you didn't enjoy. Right, right. So you had something that you were in touch with kind of forcing you to think about, all right, well, if I'm not going to do this, what do I want to do? For me, it was different. Yeah. I absolutely loved the work I was doing as a systems mm -hmm. engineer for IBM. And then I went on to a software company uh, because I love technology. And there, that's another technology that was constantly advancing. So I was constantly learning. Uh, and I, I really loved you know, always interacting with customers and helping them understand their, their IT problems and, okay, what solutions do we have? So I really loved doing that. And if it wasn't for the fact, this is one of the pivot points, if it wasn't for the fact of the 9-11 uh, terrorist attack hmm. that shut down the economy for a period of time, I lost the job that I had at the software company I was working for after... IBM, uh, and, I, and I was doing a different job, strategic communications. I was traveling all around the world, absolutely loving it. When that job ended, that was one of those things that made me step back and go, well, okay. Well, I kept looking for an IT job for about a year, got interviewed at several companies, didn't happen. And that was kind of like, you know, maybe it's time, maybe this is the time. And that started the process of thinking about creating a different career. If that had never happened, I have no idea if I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I may have just stuck with IT because I enjoyed it. I, I would have missed not working with space or aerospace companies as customers, which I did sometimes, but not all the time. But I wonder, you know, I, so, I mean, it's just interesting how things work out. So I didn't have the same driver you did, Nick, in terms of you didn't like what you were doing. I had a different driver. Yeah, and that's very similar to what people have been experiencing these last 18 months, Jeff. I mean, there's there's all the reason, if not more, to start exploring what we're really 
what really speaks to us, what 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 that really is, uh, you know, that that drives us, that that we do get that feeling, you know, in our heart. And I'm probably more from from Nick's corner of like, uh, I wanted it. I didn't know what it was. I experienced other things that that I knew I didn't like. And to your point, you know, that was maybe the, the best gift. Uh, that was the catalyst for me to start looking to your point from earlier in this conversation to uh, be aware one, but then to start paying attention to what, what made me tick, what, what did I love to do? And I'm sure this is probably coach Nick's case as well. In the meantime, while I was looking for that, I was building up my skill set for, for coaching, what I would actually be delivering to, to people and helping, helping in my coaching practice which is all kind of like this, you know, it's the same, the synchronicity stuff that you spoke to earlier. So, you know, I, I think it doesn't matter how you get there is just don't settle until you, until you do. And, and you'll know when, when you get a little taste of it and then you, you go back to something else, it's, it's just not good enough. You, you need that in your life and, and you'll do anything to get it. And to your point as well, you know, it, it takes time. So there's a, a patience uh, realm in there as well uh, to learn that virtue and to, to be patient and, and let it come to you into your life and recognize those opportunities, those people, those events, and to your point, start surrounding yourself with others who have it. And then all of a sudden you'll, you'll be more attracted to whatever that thing is for you. I, it's interesting your comment about, um, you know, your path to this and so forth. Um, Cause it, it, it reminds me of after doing this for about 10 years and trying to accomplish certain things, North Carolina and getting nowhere, I built up a pretty good uh, group of people who understood the message I was bringing and what I was trying to accomplish. And they did everything to help me to introduce me to the right state and local economic development and political leadership. But ultimately, I did not accomplish what I set out to do in North Carolina. And after 10 years, I, I was just kind of drained and, and I, I needed to step away from it for a while. Um, and I, and I did uh, step away from the space consulting and so forth and just sort of did, not sort of, went back and worked for a while in something that was adjacent to IT, uh, although I had some aerospace as customers. So it's kind of still there, but not like I had been for 10 years. And I realized I was so burned out after that 10 years and drained and disappointed that for a while I didn't really miss it, not being directly involved with the space industry. Um, and one of the things that brought me back to that was, again, one of those chance conversations with someone who knows me, who said, you know, while you're doing all this other stuff, don't, don't let go of that space stuff that you have in here. And I looked at him and I said, and that was kind of a you know, reawakening for me. I looked at him and I said, no, you don't understand. I don't have a choice. It will not let go of me. And I hadn't felt that way for a couple of years, hadn't thought about it like that. And that conversation kind of made me later on go like, hmm, <laughs> kind of pulled me back. Mm. And, and you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. I love it. Yeah. If you do, you pay a price, but <laughs> you also pay a price for being <laughs> compelled to do something also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's another conversation around surrender and just accepting what's there, right? What, what is it? What is that thing? And just doing more of it. Mm -hmm. All right. So Jeff, we can, I mean, I could chat for hours and we might have to grab more time after this off camera, but uh, uh, let's start to grab some takeaways. We'll start with coach Nick first, something you're take away, taking away from a conversation today. For me, it's got 
got to be the the essence of finding the thing that that you want and just going after it and knowing that it's always there if you follow it even if it's the thing that you're not doing at the moment like something in there it's kind of ingrained in you and i believe that's a selection of different thing different things something you pick something that's ingrained something that gets plastered on you at a very long young age but either way something always to follow it's it's uh playing around with that how can i best express that and going down the journey you never know what happens except that good things will yeah so my takeaway is uh, you know we, this is a, a business podcast and you know simple secrets of the successful we, we didn't talk about money once and i, I love that because right. money or ways to support yourself will will always follow when you the you know the the actual reason that you're doing things which is following your heart and uh i, I like that we didn't talk about that today and it's it's more about the other stuff because that's that's what's true happiness is about that's what true passion is about and to find a practice or a field like you have jeff where you're just in that state of awe and learning something every day i think is a serious life hack that uh you know maybe people watching this need to pay a little bit more attention to so I'll give you the last word, Jeff. Something you're taking away from today or advice you might give or how do you want to leave off today's conversation? Well, two things. I mean, what I take away from this is I've had the pleasure of chatting with two young men who get it <laughs> in terms okay. of how you really navigate, ideally, I think, navigate life personally and professionally. It should all be intertwined. It's all who you are. And you know, it's just, for me, it's always a, a real rewarding experience to have these kind of conversations with people to get it so thank you for making this enjoyable for me I, and what you were just well, really what both of you were saying reminded me of a real simple phrase one of the things I learned in that experience of training that I mentioned so um, it's called be do have and basically what that's saying is you know most of us we grow up and we're taught do have be do a job so you can have stuff and, and, and then you'll be who you are as a result of it. But the whole point of this training, which was also summed up by, are you willing to give up who you've become to be who you really are? Mm. And how do you do that? And so be who you really are, do what you really love to do based on who you really are, and you will have the things that you need. doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy, but you'll have what you need. You know, mm. doesn't mean it's easy, but you'll have what you need. I think, you, like you were alluding to, Josh, I mean, you really have to, actually, you both were in different ways. You have to have faith in that. And it is, it's a lot of it is a matter of faith because you just, you can't plan all of that. <laughs> and to your point earlier, anything you choose is going to be hard. So it's, it's the, what you choose uh, will determine how, how you get through it. Because you might not get through it if you don't love it, but if you love it, you always get through it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Jeff, one last thing before we let, let you run. I feel like this is a question that I would like to know more about, maybe some listeners and viewers as well. Intergalactic intelligence. Do we have any information? You know, UFOs? Like, what can you share with us? I know that you're in that world. Come on, something. A little nugget here. <laughs> you see that cat over there? Yeah. He's not from no. Um, And some people will tell you that I'm not either. Uh, I was really fortunate to, uh, to get to know um, one of the Apollo astronauts uh, really well. Have him over here for dinner a couple of times before he, uh, he recently passed away. And uh, Edgar Mitchell, which I'm referring to, 
forget what the Apollo mission was. And we also, by the way, also at the dinner table with us was Walter Koenig, who played Chekhov on the original Star Trek series. You guys might be so young you've never watched the original Star Trek series. But the wonderful conversation, and Edgar Mitchell, you know, sat there and just, in a very calm, serious manner, said, there are extraterrestrials here. They've been here for some time. They're still here. And, you know, and we talked about that and so forth. I'm like, well, where's your proof? You know, I mean, good. I, I hope I see evidence of that in my lifetime. But how do I not take that man at his word? Okay, he knows things I don't know. I don't know what they are. He didn't go into any details, but like, okay, I want to believe him. I, I, and I do. And I, I've probably for some time really, it's not 100%, really close, like, they probably are here and laughing their asses off at us. <laughs> and I hope, I hope that there is some kind of intelligent life out there that, that we contact because I'd love to see what the impact of that is in so many different ways. I think it's going to be astounding that if we do find some type of single cell microbial life, Mars or on Europa or I forget the, the, the moon that is frozen and has, oh, that's Europa. And then there's another moon, I think of Saturn, that is considered a likely place. If we find evidence that there is some form of simple cellular biological life on another world, oh my. The, the changes that that is going to bring, and not easy ones, terms of how humanity thinks about itself. So uh, I really hope that that does happen. I would really love for that to happen. And I'd, I'd be stunned if there isn't some form of life, even if it's just, you know, single cell and that's all there is on a couple moons or another planet in our solar system. <laughs> There's all those billions of stars and billions of galaxies. So. And if they ask me to go visit, I will. I will. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, yeah, I think st statistically speaking, right, if you talk about chances or whatever, one in a billion, one in X number of X billion, there's that many universes and stars out there, right? So statistically, there has to be somewhere. It's just like a matter of time. But anyways, like I said, we could keep talking about this. Maybe Coach Nick and I will start a, a, a space podcast as a spinoff of this. Coach, I'll hit you up after this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But either way, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate this conversation. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's been most enjoyable. Thank you for watching another episode of Truth Seekers. We appreciate your interaction. So please comment, like, subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more, check out some of our links. Links to our masterclass, The Achiever's Mindset, and come join our LinkedIn group. And what do you want to see more of? Remember, we're here to share the simple secrets of successful. So help us do that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see more of? Thanks. And see you again next time.